Viewer discretion is advised. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of the Ozark Mountains, using only a 9-volt battery and some aluminum foil, it's the boardroom. Welcome to the boardroom. I'm your host, Joe Batterton. And I'm Nathan Rogers at Whoopig Sumo on Twitter. Well, this is episode number four. Number four. Just cruising right along. Yeah. You want to know what we're talking about today? Give me a clue. Okay. I think I already got this. We're talking about old Saturday Night Live alumni. Yes. At least two of them. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about spooks and haints and ghosts and all other forms of things that go bump in the night. We're gonna talk about the paranormal. Yeah, we're gonna have a special guest today. So, Jason Mansfield. He's a videographer. Um, he does some documentaries, some some film work on some paranormal type stuff. So it'll be interesting. Is he what we'd call an expert? Uh, he is to me. He's more of an expert than I ever will be. I don't. I don't like messing with this stuff. More, more of an expert than you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Huh? All right. Let's well, uh, let's get him in here and get the show started. Okay. We'll see if we can get him on the phone, Nathan. Uh, uh, Jason, are you there? I am here. Hey, man. Welcome to our show. Uh, what kind of projects you got going on right now? I know you've been filming some pretty cool stuff. Name and I am into it, man. Uh, I've got my own personal project that I'm trying to get aired on PBS that is dedicated to all the legends and folklore uh, pertaining to Arkansas. Well, that's cool. And I hope to have that finished in probably within the next month, and then we'll have to wait and see uh, if the finished cut meets the guidelines for PBS because they have certain restrictions that have to fit within. and it's really hard to tell a story in 56 minutes. Right. Well, first of all, we, we probably need to introduce our guest uh, properly. Um, we're calling you by first name, but uh, we're talking to Jason Mansfield. Um, we know you're doing some uh, documentary type work out there. Uh, you also run a couple of websites. Uh, could you tell us about those? Oh, yeah. Uh, the website that probably caught your attention is hauntedarkansas.net. I actually run a research team here in Arkansas called Paranormal Studies of Arkansas, and we travel around and research all the cool, uh, eerie, spooky stories that everybody hears about. So you're looking at you're looking at things besides just ghosts, right? You're just talking. Uh, you guys, you guys, um, you kind of explore anything that's unexplained, correct? Correct. Yeah, basically. I grew up watching all these TV shows as a kid that would either talk about ghosts or UFOs or Bigfoot, and I was hooked on it as a kid, and when I graduated high school in 1990, I actually started traveling with the military and got to see some of these locations and been hooked ever since, and 
20, 27 states to date. Wow. Over 200 locations just related to haunting. That's not counting uh, UFOs, which I don't do a whole lot of UFOs. Out of all the topics, people really don't like to talk about that for some reason. <laughs> but they'll talk about Bigfoot. They'll talk about, you know, Ghost and, you know, the Crescent Hotel, an example. Uh, but for some reason, UFOs, people kind of shy away from, but that's the one I like the most. I did a little, uh, last week we did a topic on Bigfoot, and I did a little research on that, but I'll be honest with you guys, I haven't done a lot of research on today's topic because it freaks me out. Well, I've, I've been uh, loosely, I've, I've, I went to a few uh, uh, ghost ghost hunts, if you, whatever you want to call it. I, I've went two or three times, and uh, and I've always, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've same as you, I've, I've been interested, I've, I've never... Uh, never really delved in it too deep it kind of freaks me out when uh, you start getting things happening that you can't explain uh, oh yeah so i'm a chicken yeah, too well, that's one of the things that, that i've strived to do in, in my research is get facts from fiction because there are a lot of overactive imaginations out there oh there sure people that want to believe so much that the smallest little thing is uh, a ghost to them when I can go and walk over and show them okay well no this is what's causing it they well, don't want to see that they don't want to hear that but they've already got their mindset it's a ghost that's what it is you can't convince me otherwise so when you go in and you're and you're um, you're going in and, and, and doing your research are you are you really spending a majority of your time tra- trying to debunk uh, what's going on out there are you actually out there trying to Make contact with spirits and talk to talk to the dead. I mean, what's what's your what's your process? It's kind of a, it's kind of a blend. Um, I go in with an open mind, but I want to rule out any possible misunderstanding, misconception, you know, overactive imagination. The one thing, especially here in the Ozarks, that I hear, I can pull up. Somebody can tell me the most outlandish reports of what happens to them at 9 o'clock every night. And I can show up and be there and nothing happens. So you think and overactive imagination nine, on some of that? ten times, I'll be told that there's an Indian burial mound in the background. In the <laughs> Pet cemetery. What, what does that have to do with picking, you know? <laughs> what, what do you think some of the most haunted spots in uh, the Ozarks are? In the Ozarks, uh, Arkansas in general... Uh, of course, you mentioned the Crescent Hotel earlier. Yeah, the Crescent is pretty much a publicity stunt. I have done extensive research there. I've spent a lot of money there. That's probably the thing is if you want to research, you've got to be a guest. And if you tell them that you're a team and you want to officially investigate the location, you have to rent five rooms. Yeah, but you get the group rate, right? <laughs> uh, I you, you get the ghost rate, and, and they charge more for that. Which, you know, uh, they, the, the trick is to go out of tourist season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely got to go out of tourist season. But, you know, they're so big. Uh, the last time I was there, they they gave me uh, access to, to the basement area, the morgue area, and we had, we had people all over there. But then they had a wedding scheduled upstairs, and you can't 
can't control your environment. You can't control right. your sound levels when you've got 400 people upstairs having a wedding. Right. You know, so it kind of kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But basically, the way this set up is if I go in and do an investigation and I can prove that it's a faulty light switch, or if I can prove without a shadow of a doubt that it's not paranormal related, they have to approve it before I can say anything publicly because they tell me in the paperwork that they can sue me. Well, I mean, it makes sense on on a, on a business side of things. You're you're probably drawing a lot of people in just for the 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 ghost factor. Yeah. So if if it's a ghost no longer exists, then then you've lost some revenue. Yeah, it's very smart marketing on their part. It just kind of it kind of rubs me the wrong way when you're there trying to do legitimate research. Right. And you know, and then you've got all this red tape you got to step through. And outside of the state, uh, in in Colorado, is the uh, the Stanley Hotel. It's the exact same thing. It's all it's all marketing. Uh, is that I where the Shining was filmed? Before last uh, investigating out there, there's not even a death reported on the property. Is, is that where the Shining was filmed? Um, it's where they say it was filmed. They didn't actually film it in the hotel. Mm. Uh, but they did film a lot of scenes in the town. But uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with that when I when I got to take the tour out there and, and learn the history of it. And, and Stephen King, King did do some writing while he was out there staying with them, but they didn't actually film it. Now, I want to say there was a miniseries or uh, some other TV show, I can't remember the name of it now, that was filmed actually at the hotel but I don't think it had anything to do with ghosts hmm. it's a big old building that's for sure what's that I said it's a big building that's for sure oh it's huge so uh, so what uh, what outside of like those hotels and stuff what what's the what's the one place that stands out in your mind is as being kind of a, a good creepy uh, seems like it's haunted type of place in the state of Arkansas that I cannot explain. I've done extensive research at both of these locations and when I say extensive research, I'm talking hundreds of hours of video and hundreds of hours of audio recorded and time in the locations and one, I can't say where it's at. I will say that Arkansas has a tuberculosis hospital uh, it's not that anymore. It's actually still used by the state of Arkansas. If you Google it, you can find it, but legally I can't name it uh, for some paperwork that I've signed. Sure. But it's basically 500, if you can imagine, 525,000 square feet of creepy. Wow. We're talking four stories plus. Uh, there's another level the public usually doesn't get to. Uh, the building's falling apart. It's got asbestos, you know, in the tiles and in the ceiling. It's not probably the safest place to go to, but you have to know the, 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 the people that run it to get access. The general public cannot get in. So what what's so and creepy about it? Is it is it disembodied voices? Is it things moving? What's... It's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you, you, the reports are you will see 
angels walking down the hall that just vanish. Um, lots of EVP. Now, I'm real skeptical when it comes to EVP. I believe you have to control your environment as best as possible. I've been with research teams that have been there with me, and they'll come out with 80 you know, disembodied voices on their recorders, and I might have one, and it could have been somebody sneezing down at the end of the hall. Well, I've, re- I've recorded enough stuff to know that you can get white noise on anything if you bring the levels up. And if oh, yeah. if, if you want to, you can you can kind of uh, make something out of out of nothing if you listen hard enough, you know, and, oh, and yeah. convince yourself. So, so yeah, that that happens a lot to people. They don't they don't realize. I always tell people if you're going to go do an EVP session, well, you're going to sit there and actually ask questions and then play it back later listening for answers where you're going to set a recorder in a building and leave for eight hours and then come back. Use two recorders. Hmm. That way you can rule out malfunction. You can you can rule out white noise. You can rule out low battery because especially digital recorders, you get down to about 20% on your battery, they start doing kind of funky things that once in a while. So on the subject of EVP, um, Huff Par- have you seen Huff Paranormal? The guy on YouTube with the Wonder Box. He's made out of a oh, an old yes, amp. I am not real fond of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know those are kind of creepy, but I'm not sure if I buy into that or not. Um, why? Why is he so special that Johnny Cash is seeking him out? <laughs> Michael Jackson and uh, Will. Let me tell you, Nathan. <laughs> I was telling yeah. Joe earlier. I was like, maybe it's not his box. Maybe his house is just haunted. Maybe he just needs to move. I don't know about him. He, the stuff that he comes up with, yeah, is I can I can easily I have enough knowledge of technology and especially in the world of audio, uh, I can duplicate everything he's showing you on the video. Yeah, that doesn't mean what he's you know that he's faking it. It's I can duplicate it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, here's here's the thing. <clears throat> like you know, we talk about. Uh, me and Nathan were talking about like Bigfoot researchers and and even paranormal researchers. I think what hurts people, uh, credibility wise, is when you take a guy like this who may be sincere about what he's doing, but out of the millions and billions of potential spirits that are probably out there, what makes you think that you're going to get a hold of Michael Jackson or or Johnny Cash or, or a celebrity? And it just it just it just makes no sense to me, and it looks like somebody's just. Uh, You're more likely for Uncle Delbert to come out, yeah. and, and instead of yeah. a celebrity, or, or cousin Tommy that you owed money to, and he's wanting to come back to to, to let you know that it's okay, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know do anything to you when you come to the other side. Yeah, I'm, I won't say it's all researchers because there are a lot of researchers looking for answers. They're just gullible, but there are people out there that are looking for their 15 minutes of fame. Sure. When Prince passed away, within 24 hours, there were people <laughs> on the internet getting EVP from Prince. Yeah. No, I, I, I have people a... People would click on their, on their YouTube channel, you know. Yeah, I have an EVP of, of Prince. It's uh, it's on my okay. it's on my computer. Every time I push it, it plays Purple Rain, and I, 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 know, it's, <laughs> I know it's his spirit coming back and singing to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear all kinds of things you no, play in reverse. We did a uh, we did a 
episode on Bigfoot last week, and yeah, I'm a little skeptical about that stuff. But, I'm a lot skeptical. But this stuff here, I think there's something to it, and it really freaks me out. I've never had any personal experiences. Of, I have been in, in places that, at certain times that I didn't see or hear nothing, but it's like I, I just felt something that was just eerie, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to explain. Be, uh, this is a skeptical side of me uh, speaking out. Some of that can be what's called uh, EMF which is electromagnetic frequency, which the, the Earth naturally emits, and it oscillates, and it, it's, you know, stronger here, weaker there, and then two seconds later, it's, you know, it, it's the complete opposite. It's basically waves of energy that go back and forth. Houses especially are susceptible to it, especially older houses, because of the, uh, the, the copper wiring that they use. Yeah, stuff that's not shielded, right? But that... You know, some of that, some of the wiring is not shielded, right? And it's 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 putting off yeah. more of an EMF field. I, I am what's classified. It's classified as a sensitive. Uh, it's kind of actually how I got started in the research. Is I perceive things differently than other people, and a lot of it is based on scientifically. The only way I can uh, I can explain it is through through EMF. I can go to locations, and people will tell me. Okay, well, when I'm sitting here at my kitchen table, you know, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and it's all quiet, you know, it feels like somebody's standing behind me, and they, and they put their, uh, their, you know, their hand, hand on my shoulder, and I turn, and there's nobody there, and then I will go and look, and I basically, I can feel what they're talking about, and I'll walk around the corner, and there's their, their main uh, breaker box that's coming into their house, and you grab your uh, EMS detectors, and it's just bleeding unsafe levels of uh, radiation coming out of it that will affect the human brain. So the, the research is, you know, is, is EMF causing us to notice spirits or are spirits causing us to notice EMF? If mm. that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I, I guess, you know, and, and, and that would explain why you know, they, I've heard it explained as like uh, if you go into a basement and I think the, the guys on Ghost Hunters, uh, they, they kind of use this explanation. They call it a fear cage where you've got a lot of wiring coming around from different sides. You've got uh, you got your breaker box and there's old wiring that's just not shielded. And you walk in there yeah. and you just get this almost like a panic feeling. And it's it's because it's emitting EMFs and it's uh, it's messing with your messing with your head. Or is it giving the spirit energy to 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 bring itself to fruition? You know. Yeah, see, that that's the million dollar question, and that, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do because I I still out of all the years of doing this, I still don't know the answer to that. Am I hallucinating, or am I really seeing? You know what what is causing me to see what I'm seeing? Is it you know? I I personally believe it's that's combination of several different uh, environmental factors that, you know, only happens every so often. Because I know people that, you know, we can talk about the Crescent. I know people that have an experience every time they walk in the Crescent. And I've gone there and nothing. Right. And I've been there <laughs> ten times. Hmm. And so, you know, just, uh, I always tell people it's just, it's, it's a matter of perception. And I've taken, i I'm open, I believe, because there's things I have seen and documented that I cannot explain through science. 
and I've taken completely 100% skeptical people with me uh, to that uh, tuberculosis hospital that I was talking about. And he, he basically went because he was dating one of my researchers. And he was not into it, didn't want a part of it, but he went and he said he'd stay in the rear with the deer. You know, I had, <laughs> I had uh, DVR systems all set up and he was going to sit and watch the monitors while we were off exploring this huge building in the dark. And before the night was done, that man was ready to leave the building. He probably lasted longer than I would have. I didn't hear you. I said he probably lasted longer than I would have. Uh, well, he stayed all night. Uh, we got there set up uh, right at dark, and I think we left at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, he, he lasted all night, but he he was on the only floor that, that had operational offices, had electricity, everything else in the building was shut down, you know, for safety reasons. So, I mean, you're literally walking in the dark. Hmm. And when you got a... Uh, a non-believer look you in the eye and tell you that a, an eight-year-old girl walks down the hall towards you, past you, and then vanishes in plain, you know, in plain sight. Yeah, screw that. Peace out. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, it, okay. So let me let me get to down to the down to the basis of the whole thing. Do you believe in ghosts or not? I believe the term ghost, my personal belief, is, is, is a misconception, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I don't believe we're dealing with our lost loved ones after they've gone. What do you think it is then? I'm going to blow your mind here. <laughs> I believe... It's Bigfoot. From a, from a, yeah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot did it. I believe from a... Uh, physics point of view, past, present, and future. So you think it's residual? The universe that we cannot possibly understand all happen at the same time. And I think that what people are perceiving are little glitches in time where for a split second you look and you can see somebody that's not wearing the correct period clothes semi-translucent, you see them for three seconds, you blink and they're gone. Hmm. Is it somebody from, you know, that has passed away, you're actually looking back at a glimpse of somebody, say, from 1920 for just a split second? That, that's pretty interesting. I've never heard that theory before. Because, I have. You know, ghost hunters did an investigation. I'm trying to remember where it was at, but they did an EVP session and they were asking whatever spirit was they were trying to communicate with uh, a question and she, the answers they were getting were, was almost in real time where she was answering the questions but she, she, she didn't know where the voices were coming from. She was actually getting kind of you know disturbed that she's hearing voices out of the blue. And that's what kind of turned me on to that theory and then I started doing a lot more research into it and, and the more I've dug into this stuff it, it makes more sense technically we can haunt ourselves if you live in a place long enough right well I mean do you believe like uh, you hear a lot of people talking about residual haunt so it's like a, like a recording that plays itself over and over again not necessarily a spirit per se but like an energy that just remanifests, yeah. remanifests itself I mean yeah and it's 
only when certain atmospheric and cosmic you know uh, conditions are are in play. You know, EMF could be you know at 200 plus, and I used to monitor everything from you know well, where's the location, what's the elevation from sea level, what's the moon phase. Uh, there's a, a, a place in Russia that monitors uh, neutron levels in the atmosphere that's caused that increases when we pass through cosmic, uh, you know, solar flares. You know, I looked at you know 80 different things. You know, trying to piece a puzzle together. It's like what causes us to see these things when we see them, and why can't we see them all the time? So, Am I right? I I don't know, but. Yeah, some of the stories I've heard out here, you know, seem to be way out there. So I decided to not follow the norm and, and kind of think outside the box a little bit. So you you believe in something, but you don't really believe in spooks, so to speak. You don't believe in that traditional haunting where it's a, it's a spirit of a dead person who is just floating around waiting for purgatory to be over with or whatever whatever's causing it. No, no, that's not my personal belief on there. Okay. Well, me and Nathan don't believe we believe we believe in the booger man. We're we're both well, chickens. No, I was I was asking Joe earlier. You know, we uh, we believe in angels and demons, but then there's spirits and the ghosts. Is there a difference between all these? Or I mean, is it all? And with what he's saying, he he, he believes that that's a separate right, a separate right. thing altogether. Yeah. And now, that, what do you what do you think about I, evil spirits? The thing is, you know, you know, I I think you know kind of differently than everybody else. You know, but then you mentioned you know demons. You know, you can do it. I've had cases where there's been, you know, EVP sessions and you get something that seems to be negative come in. Uh, and, and we're using five different, you know, EMF detectors and they're all going off while we're getting this EVP. You know, and you sit back and kind of scratch your head. Okay, well, if it's, if, if my theory is incorrect, you know, and, you know, is it a ghost or is it a demon? It, because I know people out here that are certified demonologists, you know. Right. How do you get that training? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want any of that training. Uh, I mean, that's that's one of the things I, I just want to steer clear from. Uh, I don't know what it is myself, but I sure don't want to mess with something that I'm going to bring home and uh, and follow me around forever. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. Now, I actually have witnessed, which, you know, those my throws my uh, theory out the window that I have witnessed people supposedly be possessed that they were open-minded enough to go on an investigation but then turn around and, you know, freak out and can't breathe and tell me what somebody's, you know, telling them. And, yeah. you know, well, how do you put, I don't know how to process that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that, it's wise. Ironically, that was at that TV I just don't think it's a good idea to try and and make contact or have conversations or a debate with these these things out there. Um, I told Joe earlier it's kind of like online dating. You you might uh, meet something that's pretty interesting, and then once you come in contact with it, it's it's not what you thought it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Farmersonly.com, <laughs> ghostsonly.com. <laughs> it's our sponsor today. <laughs> Now, where are you guys at? Are you guys in the or We're we're in a, we're in an undisclosed location, deep in the Ozark Mountains. We're uh, yeah, we're somewhere between Yellville and Flippin. 
Kind of. Back toward the Buffalo River. (laughs) (laughs) There is a house in Yellowville that will trip you out. I refer to it as the Estes House only because that's the name on the blueprint when it was built in uh, 1910, I think it was. Yeah. It's one of the it's one of the ten oldest houses still still standing in Marion County. Yeah. And my ex wife at the time, she worked for I don't even remember who the judge was. She worked at the courthouse for the county judge. We remember that. And she, and she knew she knew I was into this stuff. And I, at that time, I actually hadn't started the research team yet. And she came home one day and told me there was a lady in town that was at the courthouse digging through public records because she had some activity going on at her house. Well, like I told you earlier, I, I always, I perceive things differently than other people. So I had actually seen some things at a house here in town that I had never told anybody because I didn't want to be looked at like I was nuts. I mean, that, that tends to happen around here, but yeah. uh, there's some topics you don't talk about. And so I never told Oops. anybody. <laughs> and so she, when uh, Melissa came in, she was telling me about it, and she was trying to describe to me what house it was in town, and I stopped her before she continued with her explanation, and I said, did they mention the little girl? And she looked at me dead and asked, how do you know about the little girl? I said, I need to talk to this woman immediately. I, on two occasions, probably the month before this was told to me, was driving to a gas station in town, the White Oak station. I probably running for cigarettes or something at the time. And on, on the way to the house, I saw a girl, and she probably... 14, 15 years old, based on size, wearing clothes that did not match anything from today. We're talking, you know, 1800s. And I about went off the road, you know, had to, had to look twice, you know, what am I seeing? And then, of course, when I went back again, she's not there. You know, who are you going to tell that to? I, I kept my mouth shut, went on about my business. A week later, it happened again, and still I didn't tell anybody about it. And then a month later passed, and then this family's trying to figure out what's going on in their home. Come to find out, after researching the house, talking with the family, and ironically talking to the neighbors, and I did not ask to tell them why I was asking about it. I was just asking about weird things in the neighborhood as a general topic. Everybody was talking about the little girl in the white dress that runs across the yard and vanishes. Hmm. You I don't know, hear stuff like that every day. No, 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 you don't. I know what house you're talking about, and I'm going to make a detour anytime I have to go to that neighborhood just to avoid it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's that's actually where we're going to record our next show from. <laughs> What's that? I said, it's the big white house. You can't yep. miss it. <laughs> yep. So where where are you at right now with your uh, with your documentary? Uh, are you are you getting close? Yeah, we're uh, we're in the editing stage right now. Uh, I had a computer blow up on me that was doing all the all the editing, so I had to had to get the computer replaced. Um, Basically, my documentary is covering um, 
the Falk Monster, uh, also, which was the inspiration for the 1972 movie, The, the Legend of Boggy Creek. Right, we talked about that last week a little bit. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, author Lyle Blackburn, has written uh, a book uh, called The Beast of Boggy Creek, so he's been helping me with that and uh, getting me uh, connected with all the locals down there, and I've been doing a lot of research on that some time out there in the swamps and I've never seen a Bigfoot but I had heard something that I can't find in any of the animal databases on the internet as far as sounds black bear <laughs> uh, that was kind of freaky um, we're talking uh, we're going to be talking about an old legend that nobody talks about anymore which is the White River Monster oh yeah I forgot about that. Uh, I grew up just kind of up the river from Batesville, and we always heard about the White River Monster. Yeah, it's almost it's almost died out. Um, it seems like legends and folklore kind of go in 40 and 50 year cycles. And for some reason, uh, what they call Whitey, which is the White River Monster, uh, hasn't really cycled this time around. And back in the 70s was the last time anybody really talked about it uh, that is of course until I went to Newport and started poking around so I've actually got some pretty good stories on that and we're going to be talking about well, what was it it was true we're doing Black Cats uh, Ozark Tower uh, it's been nicknamed which is kind of a touchy subject because it started out as a different legend as a hoax over the years but then it's kind of evolved into all these black cat uh, sightings that are <coughs> happening all over the state which I've been asked to help with a, uh, a TV show with Get Ready well they're filming right now and they'll, be, they'll actually be in Marion County in I think the last week of March we're going to go out and, and do some stuff I'm interested uh, about that I'll be, I'll be interested to see what you do there I've I've heard people talk about Black Panthers ever since I was a kid. Uh, never, you know. Occasionally, you'll see a picture of a of a mountain lion, a puma, a cougar, you know, wampus cat, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> but um, me and Nathan were talking about that before before you came on uh, before we started the show today. And I, here's here's where I have a problem with whether I believe that there were ever black cats in this area. There there are no pelts. I, I see. You know, you would think at some point. There would be some kind of uh, item made out of a out of a black cat's pelt. You know, you'll see deer skins, you'll see uh, bear skin, buffalo, you know, elk stuff from you know all throughout our our modern history. But I've never seen a, a black cat pelt out there, and maybe I'm just missing it somewhere. But yeah, not to mention I ha- I haven't either, and it kind of reminds me of. An argument that I hear a lot when it, when it comes to like, well, there's no proof that you know Bigfoot right. is burning around out here in the woods. Nobody's nobody's found uh, you know any carcasses or you know bodies or anything. Well, on that same line of thinking, we know just in Marion County alone. I, I don't even. I'd have to. I'd have to call Dennis Fish. What, what do you guys think the, the count for black bears in the, in the county? 
Oh, I'd say close to a hundred. Oh, it's more than that. Yeah. I, 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 do you know any hunters that have come across the body of a black bear? No, we just we just talked about this last week, and and I ex, I know exactly where you're coming from on it. Uh, we me and him both deer hunt avidly, and I've never neither one of us have ever come across a black bear uh, skull, a black bear, you know, even even roadkill you don't see very often. But we know yeah, there's 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 several hundred black bears in our county. Uh, maybe up around, maybe in the thousands. I don't know. I mean, there's there's lots yeah. of there's a lot of them. But, uh, there's several over. Uh, I know Forrest, uh, which Forrest Wood. I've lost track of how, how much land he owns, but uh, there's uh, several there on some of his properties over uh, around Flipping that I'm trying to get access to because I would just like to get video footage of. You know, bears in their natural habitat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see them up here but occasionally, but they're afraid I'm going to tell somebody. You know, <laughs> I don't want anybody. To know. I don't want. I want them left alone. I just need footage. You know, of we've got them. <laughs> they're but, here. But you understand what I'm saying? You know, all throughout history, you hear stories of people seeing black panthers or even shooting black panthers or, or shooting at them. But and you know, like with with bears and things like that, you'll you'll find an article of clothing or a bag or something that's made out of a hide. Oh. And, but yeah. you just don't, I, I just never see that historically. And you would think with it being that odd of a thing that you would, you know, that you would see something that was made special or a mount or something. But Well, it wasn't until uh, last year, I think the year before maybe, uh, people see mountain lions quite often, but there's never been a kill or anything here until uh, two years ago, I believe. There was DNA evidence found here, and I think it was eventually killed down in southern Arkansas somewhere, and it linked it back to the same DNA evidence that was found here. Yeah. Isn't it amazing what they can do with technology yeah. now? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So the one that was actually seen here in Marion County, I, I actually saw that uh, real close to Rush about two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Well, my, my, my dad and my brother-in-law both saw one here at the bottom of Hall Mountain uh, within like a week, almost the same spot. And then... You know, we saw it twice, and then we we haven't seen it again. So uh, they've got a pretty big territory. Oh yeah. Well, hey man, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we may call you back sometime. Uh, it's been been pretty interesting, and uh, we we appreciate your time, appreciate your input, and uh, and uh, thanks for coming on the boardroom. Yeah, keep us updated on your documentary. We'll do uh, documentary and a whole bunch of other small video projects and, uh, and a horror film getting ready to be filmed too. So I'll keep you posted on all. Awesome. Of okay, man. We appreciate it. Okay, that was pretty interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. You know, I just. Uh, it's 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 the unknown. You know. Uh, uh, there's not too many people out there who hasn't had some kind of experience. Uh, and like he was saying, I mean, a lot of this stuff could be debunked and you could explain why certain things happen or sounds that you hear. Uh, but there's, there's some things out there. You just, I don't know. I, is it, uh, is it the boogeyman? Is it, uh, is it, a uh, is it a spirit of a departed loved one? Is it a demon? Is it whatever it is? It's not for me. You're saying you don't want to go on a ghost hunt. No. That's what you're telling me. No. Uh, you don't want to... I was looking here real quick. I, uh, I'm looking on this website. Oh, uh, I, f- I did discover you can buy holy water on Amazon.com. And if you're a Prime member, 
two-day free shipping. Hey, there you go. And that's a, that's a good thing if you're going to go out and you're going to deal with something that's um, it's unknown. There's nothing wrong with having a little high-quality holy water. Now, if you want to make your own holy water, you just get a pot, you put it on the stove, and you boil the hell out of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was looking on this. I think it's that, that same Huff guy that you were talking about that makes the... Uh, what's the little box thing? He uh, makes? The Wonder Box. The Wonder Box. Uh, they've got several things on this. It's like Ghost Hunter kits, and uh, I was looking at some of this stuff, and it's your, your typical stuff. It's like an EMF detector, and uh, there's you know, digital recorders. But the thing that bothers me, and I think this probably bothers you, is that amongst all this stuff, they got digital EMF meter, they got a, a mobile handheld kinetic camera, they've got uh, a mini Tesla coil. I don't know if that'd be for. Uh, but amongst all this stuff, they have a St. Benedict medal with exorcism blessing. Uh, if I have to have an exorcism blessing, <laughs> I really don't want to mess with something like that. No. They also have a book on the intro to demonology. Why in the hell, pardon the pun, <laughs> would, you want, would you want to mess around with demons if you thought they were real? And last but not least, they have a book called Armor of God and its prayers for protection and deliverance. Um, there again, if I have to have a book of prayers to go do my hobby to safely make it home, I probably need to find another hobby. Yeah, just saying. This this stuff I don't want any part of. I think that you can get into some areas where um, you're just not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I appreciate about Jason's line of work. He's not out there trying to. No, he's not uh, trying to shove it down anybody's throat or yeah. make contact right. and have conversations with demons or whatever. He's just trying to prove facts. And it's interesting. I mean, I've had some things happen to me that that are not explainable and I've had some things that have happened and I go okay I think I was about half awake when that happened and it's probably just my mind playing tricks on me but it's uh, it's called paranormal and the unknown for a reason yeah oh you know what that means that's our cue to wrap it up (laughs) that's about all the time we got on the boardroom this week that's right don't forget to like us share us follow us all that good stuff uh, and until next week, uh, this is Joe Batterton and Nathan Rogers saying have a good week. <laughs>